Do you know how to effectively network to get hired more quickly? Are you intimidated by the idea of having to talk to people and essentially pander to them for their recommendation or for a good word? Are you so introverted that the idea of networking with folks is sort of painful? Or are you wondering where to put your networking efforts so they give you the most payoff? We're going to talk about that and more in this episode of the Get the Job podcast. I'm so glad you're back here with me. I'm Steph Johnson, founder of School for School Counselors and your host for the Get the Job podcast. And I'm telling you what, we've had so much fun so far with this podcast already, and we just cannot wait to see what's in store for all of you as we walk through the rest of the episodes in this season. As a matter of fact, since our podcast first aired just a week ago, we've had some amazing reviews come in on Apple Podcasts, and I would love it if you could indulge me for just a minute. I'm going to share a few of those reviews with you just so you can hear what folks have had to say about the podcast so far. Lindsay Camp 41 says, yay, this is amazing. As a soon-to-be practicing school counselor fully this fall, this is amazing to have as a resource in the job market right now. I can't wait for more episodes to learn. Thank you guys for making this. Lindsay, you are so welcome. Thank you for such a sweet review that was so validating and empowering for myself and my team, and we just can't thank you enough. We also heard from J1009, who said, Excellent resource. The School for School Counselors podcast should be required listening for all new school counselors, and I'm excited to see this new resource about getting the job. Job hunting is so stressful, and it's so helpful to find a real, research-based tool available. Thanks for the hard work you put into this. Thank you so much, J1009. I appreciate that review more than you know, and thanks for taking the time to sit down and, and submit it. The last one I'll share is from Dulce M. They said, love it. If you have been feeling a bit insecure of what the expectations are for an interview or needing a bit more confidence because you have what it takes but need reassurance, this podcast is for you. They explain everything so well and to the point. You don't want to miss out. Subscribe and share to help others that may be on the same boat as you. You know, that's really great advice. Thank you, Dulce, for submitting that. I appreciate it more than you know. Please go stop now, pause the episode, and go to the little subscribe button in your podcast player and hit it so that every time we release a new episode, you will get it instantaneously. You won't have to remember to come find it. You won't have to scramble and search for the podcast again. It'll be right there in your player waiting for you. And then if you have some time and you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. I would love to be able to read your review on an episode to let other school counselors know how much you value this resource. It means so much to us when you take those few moments. So thank you. All right, today we're going to jump into the idea of networking. And if you're anything like me, the idea of networking kind of strikes fear in your heart a little bit. As females, we're typically not well-conditioned for the networking arena, and that's not my opinion. That is a research-based fact. 
because we are sort of socially conditioned, right? That we need to have this gendered modesty about us, that we shouldn't be putting ourselves out there, that we shouldn't be asking for favors or asking for a good word. And so we really have to be conscientious about what we're doing. We have to be really intentional about our efforts. And so we're going to talk about that as we walk through these points of networking. But before I get into some things you can do to effectively network, I want to caution you against one very surprising thing that you may not want to invest a lot of time and energy into. Typically, when we start thinking about applying for jobs, our brains go to first the resume, right? And then second, in that lag time between the resume and the interview, we often start thinking about LinkedIn profiles, right? Raise your hand if you have a LinkedIn profile. That's supposed to be like the business networking mecca of the world, right? And everybody says you need to have a strong LinkedIn profile in your job search. A lot of folks want to use LinkedIn for professional networking, and it makes sense, right? It's a social media channel. Even though it's career-based, business-based, it's still a social media channel. So it makes sense. It would be a great place to network until the research shows that it's not. Y'all, it is not. Uh, A study done by Johnson and Leo in 2020, so not that long ago, showed that the more individuals used LinkedIn for their job search, the worse their self-efficacy became. Now, let's stop right there for just a minute. Do you remember (laughs) way back when, or for some of you, you may be in it now, your grad school coursework, learning about Albert Bandura and self-efficacy. Do you remember that? Self-efficacy is your belief in your capacity to do what you need to do in order to make something happen, right? The ability to control your motivation levels, to control your behavior, to influence your social environment, to attain some sort of goal or end result. That's self-efficacy. And folks who spent a lot of time on LinkedIn trying to, you know, gain some more networking leads, find out about some more jobs, those kinds of things became super depleted in the process. Their mental bandwidth just sort of evaporated and it really adversely affected their job search success. They weren't getting hired as much as people who were not investing a lot of time and effort in that channel. So no shade on LinkedIn at all, but I just want you to keep in mind if that's something that you've stressed about or thought about or wondered about, I personally wouldn't put a lot of effort into it. It's not a super useful tool, particularly when it comes to networking in a job search. All right, so what can you do as you're endeavoring to network? Networking often feels uncomfortable, right? Maybe it makes you feel like you're bothering people. It feels awkward to attend meetings or events, and you feel like you have to know a lot of people, and it's not going to be effective if you don't have a wide circle of people, or sometimes we feel like we just have to be in a position where we could just outright ask for a job. None of those are necessarily true. So be careful in that line of thinking. Um, That really begins to hamper 
that sense of self-efficacy as you're working through your job search. And that's going to hinder your outcomes. It's going to cause you to start having some more negative thoughts about the process. You might lose your motivation. You might start losing interest in it altogether and stop following through with things that you know could help you to be more successful. So you've got to really, really be aware of all of the things going on there. But if you can maintain your level of self-efficacy or if you can even improve it, you're going to have more cognitive flexibility in the process. You're going to be able to think through and around it a lot more easily. You're going to maintain your motivation and you're going to keep focused. And we know that's what helps you get the job. That's where we want you to be. So as we talk about how we're going to go through this networking process, the first thing you've got to do is maintain a long-term mindset. And for some of you, that sounds really off because you may only have a few months, right, to prepare for job interviews. You may only have a few months to get ready and you really, really want to get hired by August or September. Uh, We're releasing this podcast episode at the end of January. So that only gives you a few months to attain the position that you want. But in the grand scheme of things, it's going to feel like a long game, right? It's not something as simple as just picking up the phone or emailing somebody and saying, you know, hey, I'm going to be looking for a school counseling job. I hope you can put in a good word for me. Thanks so much. Those kinds of requests rarely yield the intended result, all right? They're rarely going to get you what you want. You can't just be asking people for one-off help. We know that does not work well unless this person is very, very close to you or feels indebted to you somehow. You're probably not going to get a lot of benefit from that request. You're going to have to schedule intentionally to maintain this long-term mindset. When are you going to check in with people? What are you going to check in with them about? How are you going to develop this rapport and relationship? Just like we do in our counseling relationships You know, we don't sit people down in our counseling offices and lean over and say, hey, let's just let's just jump to the core of the issue here. What's wrong with you? (laughs) That, That would not be an effective conversation, right? Networking is the same. You have to develop that trust, relationship and rapport so that it can yield good fruit. So have a game plan for that and make time to actually meet with people. Not just emailing, not just texting, not just, you know, talking to them on social media, something like that. Make a point to go see them. And then when you see them, here's the most important part of the equation. Make an offer. Don't walk in just planning to ask for what you need. That is not, it's not a healthy relationship, right? I'm just going to come in and I'm going to say, hey, and then I'm going to ask you for what I need. And then I'm going to leave. But that's the way a lot of folks try to network, and then they wonder why it doesn't work out. You've got to have an offer, right? You have to extend a willingness to develop the relationship, to be of service, to pay things back. You have to have a plan for that. So as you're making your list of people that you might want to network with or that you would want to approach in that kind of relationship, be thinking about the offer that you can make them. It might be a reflection on something you saw recently, you know, in media about the school counseling field, maybe a recent paper, news article, something like that. You might ask their 
their opinion, believe it or not, that's an offer because you're offering the opportunity to share their expertise. And guys, people love to do that. They absolutely love the opportunity to share their expertise. It might be something different. It might be volunteering in some capacity for them or for the organization they serve. There are lots of different ways to make an offer. So really sit down and think about what do you have to offer this person? How can you make this a mutually beneficial relationship? Second here, and this one's going to make some of you really nervous, but you want to reach out to some folks that are not really in your inner circle in your real life. So I'm talking about perhaps your professors, your advisors, internship supervisors, alumni, going to alumni events, professional organization events, those kinds of things. Some of you are starting to sweat, and I get it. I'm with you on that one. I am a painfully introverted personality, and it really, really makes me anxious and nervous to think about going to something like a professional networking event, right? And and introducing myself and giving my elevator pitch. Oh my gosh, I could think of about a million other things I would rather do than that. But here's what the research says about this. So getting outside of your zone of comfort takes you into something called weak ties. So you have two kinds of relationships to consider in this situation. You have strong ties, which are more of your inner circle, people who you see often, you know well, you tend to think alike, you probably work in, if not the same place, similar places, uh, maybe it's colleagues on a different campus or in a nearby school district, those kinds of things, versus your weak ties, who are people that you don't know super well, right? You might know of them, you might know them somewhat, but they're not someone that you would just consider picking up the phone and texting and saying, hey, how you doing? I've been thinking about you, right? (laughs) So those are your weak ties. Research shows that you actually stand to gain more by networking with your weak ties than your strong ones. Can you think of a reason why that might be? So your strong ties tend to think more like you, right? We surround ourselves with people who are like us, who bring us comfort, either consciously or subconsciously. We tend to collect people with whom we feel we have much in common. Your weak ties are going to be a little more different than you are. They're going to have a different perspective. They're going to have different life experiences. They're going to have different connections. And they're going to have a different way of helping because of that. Now, you could stand in a room with all of your best friends and give a speech about how, you know, you're a wonderful school counseling candidate, what your philosophy of school counseling is, why a school should hire you immediately. And they're going to eat that up with a spoon, right? They're going to love it. They're going to clap and cheer for you. They're going to be so excited about you. But if they want to walk out of that room and tell somebody else about it, chances are there's going to be a lot of repetition in the people that hear that story, right? It could be the same individuals, but it also is going to be the same types of individuals, yes? Whereas if you stood in a room full of your weak ties, people who, you know, maybe you just know through a professional affiliation, maybe people that you know in the upper levels of administration, but you wouldn't consider yourself friends, right? There's just a, there's a professional distance there. 
if you were to make that same speech to them and do it well, they would probably be really excited for you as well. But when they go out of the room to talk to other people about it, that sphere of influence is going to grow much faster and much wider than your strong ties. So keep that in mind. You've got to really kind of, you really got to motivate yourself. You really got to work on your self-talk and your belief so that you can gain the confidence to go out and have some conversations with your weak ties. Third, this is a funny one. Ask your mom. (laughs) Speaking of strong ties and weak ties, ask your mom. What that means is not necessarily truly your mother, but you would be surprised um, how many people (laughs) in your world who you would think have no ties to the school counseling world at all actually do. And so don't be afraid to let people know that you're looking for a position, right? That you're looking to serve as a school counselor on a campus. Make it be known. See what turns up. And then lastly, study small talk. That is a really difficult one because (laughs) some of us are not so great at small talk. We feel very awkward. We feel weird starting the conversation, particularly if you're newer to the counseling world and you're not super comfortable with just sitting down and getting things started with someone you don't know well. But if you can study small talk, it's going to make your networking efforts feel a lot easier, but it's also going to make them flow a lot better, right? It's going to have the other person perceive you as a little bit more articulate, a little more prepared, and that's exactly what you want. All right, so now that we know all this, we know that networking is a little bit more difficult for us if we're a woman. We know we need to stay away from LinkedIn for extended periods of time, right? We're maintaining that long-term mindset for our networking efforts. We're being intentional about how we're pursuing those. We're making an offer in the conversation so it can be mutually beneficial. We're reaching out to our weak ties as well as our strong ties. We're asking our mom, right? We're asking our close network as well. And we're studying small talk. What do we do with all this? (laughs) What do we do with all these components to networking? How do we make it work? How do we make this plane fly? All right. So number one, we've got to maintain that feeling of self-efficacy that I was talking about. We have to maintain that belief that we are capable of seeing this thing through. If you are uncomfortable with networking, it's going to be important that you begin your networking efforts with your strong ties so that you can develop that confidence, that competence, and like, okay, I know how this is going to go. I know how to handle this now. I've done it a couple of times. And then start working out toward the people that you don't know as well. Be specific. Plan ahead. Write down specific dates, times, the people you want to talk to. How are you going to contact them? What are your objectives in the conversation going to be? And then what are your conversation starters? How are you going to use those small talk skills to your advantage? You've got to get intentional and map the whole thing out. Why do I tell you that? Is it just because I want to be bossy? (laughs) I just want to sound like an authority, y'all. I just make things up and try to make it sound really important and smart. No, that's not what I'm doing. 
Research tells us that there are different styles of job seekers, and the one that is most successful is the focused job seeker. When you are a focused job seeker, you are also the most satisfied with your efforts. Who doesn't want to feel like that, right? In stark contrast to the haphazard job seeker who has less satisfaction, less offers, less feelings of self-efficacy because they're just kind of doing all these different things all over the place and they're not being intentional about their efforts. You don't want to be that person. You want to be very, very intentional. You want to conserve your energy where you can because y'all, looking for a job can be exhausting, right? Especially if you're finishing up grad school or you're still teaching on a campus somewhere or you're still trying to work your job in another sector while moving over into the education realm. And that's exhausting. So conserve your energy where you can, be concerted about your efforts, and have a clear strategic plan. All right, before I let you go, I do want to remind you about one event we have coming up very soon. Speaking of the preliminary phases of your job search pre-interview, I want you to know about our resume boot camp coming up here very, very soon in our School for School Counselors world. We have a program called Get the Job. It's a program that gets you going from start to finish in your job search process. We start with the resume. We go into interview strategy. We get into data-driven interviewing, portfolios, all of the things, mock interviews, anything that you wonder about the job search process, we have answered for you inside that program. And what we're doing is we're going to train you exactly the way that we train our get the job folks. So as part of our resume boot camp, we're not only going to guide you through all of the essential components of your resume, but y'all, I'm going to be real with you. You could Google that, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's not a huge deal. You're very intelligent people. You know how to research. You've written about a bajillion research papers in your lifetime. So we're going to go beyond the Googleable information that you get in most other little workshops and things like that. We're going to dive into the semantics of your resume. We're going to show you formatting and why it's important. We're going to give you the opportunity to bring your resume and ask questions in real time. We're going to answer them for you on the spot. And we're going to be specific and intentional about our responses. And then for the cherry on top, we're going to give you a resume template our most popular template that's been professionally designed. It wasn't my team and I just, you know, logging into Canva one weekend, creating a resume template or something we thought looked cute. Y'all, this is <laughs> this is a real resume template. We're going to have it there for you too. It's going to be an amazing time coming up on February 9th at 8 p.m. Eastern. You won't want to miss it. So hop over to schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash bootcamp, all one word. Get the information there and get signed up. We're going to look forward to seeing you. All right. Well, until I talk with you next time, I really want to encourage you again to be super intentional in your job search efforts, conserve your energy, and be mindful of where you're getting your information and advice. It's so, so important for you to be successful. And I'm so excited. I want to get emails and texts and Facebook posts from you saying, guess what? I got the job. It brings tears to my eyes every time. And that is my number one objective. So I hope you're feeling that. And until next time, I hope that you have the best week ever. Take care. Did you enjoy this podcast episode? 
If so, leave a review. Thank you.